Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin, Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what about that SEC, baby? Ooh, buddy, <laughs> 13 and 0 mm. right out the gate. You know, I obviously got a note we're recording this. Right before LSU, Florida State. So hopefully, fourteen and zero, right out the gate for yes. the SEC. Man, what a time to be alive! You know what? The sweet baby. That's what I love. It just it's so it's so damn good to be this damn good. You know, I just I absolutely <laughs> love it. Uh, the from everything. I mean, we're gonna get into it, man. It was just great college football. On the TV all day long. I mean, I'm watching it on my phone. I got one couple games on my laptop. Yep. It's like anything, everything I can do to get some SEC uh, football in. I was doing it, and it was. I mean, I had trouble sleeping, Mike. I don't know about you, but I was so <laughs> amped up after that Utah game. Yeah. I was just like, man, we're we're back, baby. SEC, brother. Well, it ain't just the SEC that's red hot, Shane. I just wanted to call attention to this because we are rarely right. We got Cousin Shane here, 10-1 and one yep. against the spread. Incredible numbers. Printing money, Mike. I'm printing money. That's all I'm doing over here. <laughs> I'm 9-2, and two, not too shabby myself. Not too bad. And then, of course, on our wager app, Shane, if you haven't already, find that in the show notes. Come wager some money with us. Won't cost you a dime. Shane, Cousin Shane, 4-0 and oh on the wager app. Yes. Wager of the week. I'm 3-0, and oh, so... We basically can't be unwagered, Shane. I just want to bring that to everybody's attention. Again, no credit card required, and they give you $20 free if you use the promo code SEC. But speaking of SEC, Shane. Well, Mike, I, I before you get off that, I, I'm a little worried. Maybe you know, maybe people are afraid to take the bets. You know, I mean, when you got the hot hand, it's a lot of people don't want to sit at your table. You know what I mean? So that's what <laughs> exactly. I don't know. <laughs> But anybody that knows us, Mike, you know that this game's going to end pretty soon. <laughs> we may bankrupt a business or two one day, you know what I mean, with these sponsorships. But uh, no, I'm kidding. But in all seriousness, Shane, how great was it? I want to give a shout-out to all the fans. Saw so many koozies over yes. the weekend all across the SEC. If you're watching on YouTube, we'll, we'll throw it out. We'll give you a shout-out to everybody that sent us a picture of their koozie. They're, they're hitting us up on Twitter, on Instagram. And mm-hmm. all you got to do, if you haven't done that already, give us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify or follow, subscribe on YouTube, and mm-hmm. let us know at that secpodcast at gmail.com. And we mail you one of these for free, Shane. We got all 14 SEC teams. Won't cost you a thing, but... Hey, I'm just putting it out there. Thank you so much for all the support. We really do appreciate it. No, Mike, I I think that's one of my favorite parts is is finally seeing these out there. They were in so many stadiums this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he even snuck in on Kroger Field. I saw one of them. You know, it's yeah. Like, yeah. I just I absolutely loved it, and uh, it keeps sending those pictures. And it you know you know again it doesn't have to be at a game. You may be barbecuing, you may be tailgating, something like that. But you got a cold beer and a koozie. Take a pic, send it over. We'll be sure to retweet it. Well, brother, enough of uh, the lead-up. You ready to talk some SEC football? Because we, we just had a jam-packed action weekend. I'm ready to get into it. 
Absolutely. I don't know if I got enough batteries over here, Mike, because we got so much action about to come out. But yes, let's talk some SEC football. All right. Biggest game. You, you already alluded to it, in my opinion, Shane. Florida knocks off number seven Utah. Florida mm-hmm. should be jumping into that poll, not only the top 25, but hell, if Utah really is top seven, then Florida should be top 10, in my opinion, after beating them there in the swamp. What a game, Shane. I mean, Florida got down early. That's why you need those fans. You need that crowd. I mean, obviously what you want to do is come out hot and get that crowd going, but Florida fumbled early. Utah capitalized, Mm -hmm. but they never blink, Shane. And Mm -mm. we got to hand it to Billy Napier. This is a stat I threw around all offseason, 16-3 and in one-score games. Now he's 17-3 and in one-score games. And if that don't tell you what type of coach this guy is, I don't know what will. I love the fact that uh, early in the game he's going for it on fourth down. Yeah. Late in the game, critical situations, confidence in his team. Hell, he even ran down the clock. Everybody was saying, <laughs> what the hell is Billy Napier doing? He's running down the clock. He had confidence they were going to convert, score a touchdown. He yep. didn't want to leave Utah anytime. So, exactly. I mean, the guts on this guy and, you know, all the Anthony Richardson haters – Oh, man. They're eating crow this week, you know what I mean? Because uh, he is a legitimate Heisman contender. We're not crowning them. We're not – you know, right. this is not national champions or anything. They got a, a long way to go between now and then. But I just want to say, Shane, for all the, the hell we've given Utah and their quarterback kind of reminded me of the uh, vote for Pedro guy from Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> I thought Utah was looked like a hell of a team. And that quarterback, yeah. tough as hell, those tight ends we heard so much about, they lived up to the hype. This was not yep. a case of Utah just coming out here and, and just falling flat on their face. Florida rose to the occasion. Yeah. And if I were to tell you, Shane, that there was a quarterback making a big mistake, critical situation in this game, I think nine out of ten people – non-Florida fans would have told you it would have been Anthony Richardson making that mistake. But it was yep. it was the Utah quarterback making the mistake. It was Anthony Richardson looking like a damn uh, Superman, particularly on that two-point conversion. He, he mid-air juke two people. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Uh, he was just incredible. Dude, and I think when you look at every Heisman quarterback we've had, they talk about the moment. And, brother, he had it. Anthony Richardson had – now, I'm not – again, I'm like you. I don't want to crown him. It's week one. But, man, when we look back, if if Florida can somehow piece together a, a 10-11 win season, we're going to look back week one at Utah, and this is when it all started. And it's 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 everybody's talking about it today, Mike. So, mm-hmm. dude, this, this reminded me a lot of that – like a pickup game in high school, you know, and, and you had two great guys back there throwing the ball, and it just so happened Anthony did better. Yeah, and, and again, maybe I should have led with that, Shane. Try not to overreact because, hell, there's probably – Fans hitting the panic button with their teams right now. There's other teams (laughs) like Florida. They're crowning themselves. Mm -hmm. Why we're starting with Florida is just because who they beat and the impressive fashion. And that was a – it was like a heavyweight battle, so to speak. And Florida came out on top. So, you know, they deserve the praise. And and how about this, Shane? I said Florida would lead this rushing battle. That's what Utah supposedly was going to be, the tougher team. Florida, 283 rushing yards. Utah, 230. So you beat them by over 50 yards rushing. That was critical in the game. The red zone is where the game was won. Florida, Mm -hmm. three of three in the red zone. Utah, four of six, including a goal line stand Florida had uh, that stopped uh, Utah 
I believe it was early in the uh, third quarter, and of course the game-winning interception by Bernie that that won floor to the game. But if I may, Shane, I mean, hell, again, we're not we're not crowning them, right? One thing that maybe Florida fans don't want to hear this because they're on cloud nine right now, but it certainly seemed like Utah, particularly late in that game, they kind of found their way, so to speak, and they. They were – I don't want to say they had their way with Florida's defense because, hell, Florida made the play when it mattered. But Utah seemed – their offense got stronger as the game went on. And, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I certainly thought that that final drive, there was a real opportunity Utah was going to score a touchdown and break Florida's hearts. Florida made the play that mattered. But as we eye – and we'll be talking about this game all week. As we eye that Kentucky matchup, that's where you got to shore up second half rushing defense – and uh, hopefully, if you're Florida, you see that Utah guy puking all the field. I mean, that that's what we were talking about, baby. It's hot. It's humid. Yeah. You ain't going to be ready for it. And uh, the team that was prepared for it, they won the day. Absolutely, man. And, and again – this and it's gonna we're gonna be talking about this throughout throughout this podcast. It was not pretty at a lot, uh, okay? But it's week one. This is what we expect. This is why sometimes you schedule some of these cupcakes. Not that Utah's a cupcake because it's not. It was the seventh best best team in the country, mm-hmm. according to some, not us. But you know, when you look at these these first game jitters, we're gonna have mistakes, and and we expected it. We expected it in this matchup. We were just hoping that it wouldn't cost them a ball game, mm-hmm. and it didn't. I, I will say this, man. Out of out of almost, I mean, there's a handful of teams that came out guns a blazing. The Florida Gators are one of them. So I don't know if that's a testament to to what Billy's you know fall camp was like, but you know there was a few mistakes, but not near as much as some of these other teams that 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 started out week one. And I think that's important because. That's something you can build off of. Anthony Richardson's performance, three rushing touchdowns. I mean, that's something you could – people know he is a weapon. And when he's out there, they kept saying it. you got to defend 11 guys. So that's exactly what they have to do. And that makes it easier when they start getting this passing game going because that's obviously something they need to work on going into week two. But uh, this this running attack, this rushing attack, not just him but the running backs, I'm telling you what, it's a, it's a deadly combination and the defense played better. I just – all, overall, just totally impressed with what Florida Gators had. Pretty, fo- pretty good football game there, huh? No doubt. Look, before we get going here, I think um, I just want to thank our fans for coming out. You know, I think that was the 10th largest crowd in the hitch- history of the school. And um, we said in the very beginning it was going to take a team effort to get this done, to, to, to build, to create momentum, right? Positive energy on the outside. Um, and it they made a difference tonight. Um, there's no question that they impacted the game. I believe you guys were home underdogs. This game's coming down to the wire. What kind of statement do you feel like the team made tonight with the way they were able to win? Well, this group's got fight in it, and I think I've said that publicly. You know, this one thing about our team that I respect is they compete. I mean, uh, I've got to slow them down sometimes, right, in the practice environment. I mean, and I can remember a good friend of mine when we took the job who had worked here before, he said, these kids at Florida are the most competitive kids I've ever been around, right? So, and I would agree with him. I mean, they've got a little bit different edge about them. Um, So, you know, the execution wasn't always what we wanted out there. Um, 
we've got so much work to do. You know, that's what I think about. We were fortunate to overcome, you know, many mistakes tonight, right? But the intangibles that the team showed, they continue to respond and then to rise up there at the end uh, and make a play. So, you know, we, we, we've got work to do. We won a game, and uh, it's a special moment. We're going to enjoy it, and then uh, we're going to turn the page tomorrow and get ready for SEC play. And as a Tennessee fan, man, I was hoping this would happen maybe like two or three years down the road, you know. I, I was not ready for year one with Billy Napier. But, man, they're back. The Florida Gators are back. All right, and now I can hear, as you say that, Shane, I can hear the groans and the complaining from old <laughs> Athens, Georgia, because that's where we got to mm -hmm. go next. I know the game was in Atlanta, but my goodness, Shane, <laughs> Georgia, we don't need to say they're back because they didn't go anywhere just beat the hell out of Oregon, 49-3. Mm -hmm. to three. And I don't think there's any doubt. I I'm curious to know what you'll say, but I don't think there's a question right now who's the mm -hmm. best team in the SEC just based on week one because that's all we should really be going off, not yeah. all we talked about all offseason and all that. Georgia was a machine. They look like they're in midseason form, Shane. First seven drives, touchdown. Yeah. Every single drive, Stetson Bennett, a man that uh, we, and, and particularly me, has been critical of time and time again, looks like a Heisman, not only a contender, but maybe yeah. the favorite, 18 of 21, 254 yards, completion of seven different receivers, passing touchdown, rushing touchdown. Georgia, 90% conversions on third down. I mean, that is, that's unheard of, and... Man, poor Bo Nix. Different uniform, say <laughs> Bo Picks out there. Uh, <laughs> Malik Starks, the freshman, one of the most impressive interceptions you'll ever see in your life. Uh, mm -hmm. This was just complete and utter domination. Absolutely, Mike. This is – I told you, if the, they put away all the, 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 the talk mm -hmm. that they're going to be hung over, that, that they're not going to be able to repeat, man. I'm watching this game, and I'm like, holy shit, man. This, uh, this team would have beat – I mean, short of maybe Alabama, obviously, because they had – because I can hear the Tide fans now saying, did you not see our score against Utah State? Yes. I think they would have but beat them on Saturday, Shane. I'll, I'll, I'll just go out there and say that. I'm going to be honest with you, man. The, uh, nobody would have come close to the Georgia Bulldogs. These guys were playing like their hair was on fire. Anything – I mean, you got you got seven-foot tight ends jumping over people, <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? It's, it's just – this team is scary as hell, and – and it's not just one-sided, you know. For a long time, it was – last year, it's all they talked about was Georgia's defense, which, yes, they held 11th-ranked Oregon to only three points. Mm -hmm. But, again, it was the offense because Stetson had a couple of Heisman moments in here. They're not talking about it near as much because it wasn't a close game because they destroyed the Oregon Ducks. So, uh, man, I tell you what, Georgia Bulldogs, Georgia fans, they buy your tickets now because your ass is going to Atlanta, no doubt about it. Yeah, the offensive line looks spectacular. It's all we heard about Oregon. They got a, they're stout in the front seven. They just got absolutely abused. Uh, you mentioned Darnell Washington making highlight reels, and you mm -hmm. know, Ad Mitchell, Lad McConkey, they they stood up just like they did last year. But you know, the one thing, and there's many many things you could say about Georgia. One thing that really caught my attention, Shane, was Brock Bowers' performance in this game. The All-American tight end. We know. He's probably the best tight end in the country. They didn't even have to utilize him that much, and what they asked him to do was block, and he was just 
killing people. And I'm talking 15 yards, driving people 15 yards down the field on mm-hmm. multiple occasions. They were using him to seal the edge. I mean, what? how in the hell are you supposed to defend this team? I do not know. And, uh, you know, maybe Georgia's not going to look as good as this every week because I don't know how that's humanly possible. But as for today, like I'm saying, there is uh, literally not a single thing to complain about aside from the fact that Shane – Picked Oregon to win to score six points, and they got three. You know, so I mean, you got three. Kirby's probably mad about that three right now, wishing uh, he would have shut out Bo Nix and company. But there's always next week for that. You know what? No, I'm with you, brother. This this was just from start to finish pure domination, and and it's not this this isn't a Utah State man. This isn't a Bowling Green. This isn't a Ball State, man. This is Oregon. This is 11th ranked. The people in the country thought that this was the 11th best team in the country. You know what I'm saying? Like two minutes into this thing, I, I mean, I, I would be ashamed to put Oregon on any type of ballot. Now, again, don't want to overreact because, you know, Oregon may end up losing six games this year. And we look back and say this was, you know, again, it's like Clemson. Remember the Georgia-Clemson game last yeah. year? We, we we said, wow, what a matchup. Then Clemson really started to suck. And we're like, well, well was Georgia that good? You know, so well, you could there's going to be. Shane, maybe Oregon is yeah. number 11. And Georgia's no? just that far ahead of them. I don't know, man, but I, I mean those those guys down there as girls, they they're already on cloud nine, so I don't want I don't get them too pumped up, you know. They <laughs> <laughs> we said we're gonna overreact. We're overreacting every damn game. Yeah, here. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but next on the docket, I'm kind of overreacting on this one myself. Arkansas defends the home field, beats Cincinnati thirty-one twenty-four, and mm-hmm. I gotta be honest with you, Shane. I, I was catching some a little bit of hell here, but. Uh, if I'm just being completely honest, you know, I think if Cincinnati's quarterback, I don't, hell, I already forgot his name. He was that good. But, you know, if he was a little bit better, I think Cincinnati may have won this football game. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't think they had any business winning this game because when Arkansas was on, when they were not making mistakes, I, I know yeah. KJ got banged up. Jalen Catalan got hurt, unfortunately. We'll have to see where he's at. Uh, but this is a game I thought Arkansas, when they, when they played well and they executed – they look miles ahead of Cincinnati, yet Cincinnati yeah. was hanging in the ball game. And uh, I'm a little a little nervous here, but uh, as long as Arkansas continues to progress, they should be fine this year. But, man, I I know what these Arkansas yeah. fans were cautiously, cautiously optimistic for a reason, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, an ugly win still a win, Mike. And, and oh, I'm yeah. with you there. Th- th- this game had its moments. There there. Wait, I gotta pause for a second. Somebody lost a helmet. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, what did watch about? Anybody didn't watch that game. Somebody got fired there in the equipment room. <laughs> Cincinnati. I don't know. That's new. Instead of instead of fake injuries, you just take your helmet off, I guess. But uh I'll tell you the thing about Arkansas. It's it's when they were on, they were they they couldn't be stopped. They looked like a powerhouse. But then when mm-hmm. they weren't you know, they they just let Cincinnati kind of creep back into this and made it a ball game more. I think if if this is week eight and Arkansas has their shit together, I think that this is a this is a thirty point victory. But unfortunately, you got them week one, and you had and there was mistakes, there was injuries, there was there was a lot of things going on. Uh, but throughout adjustments and and just the the pure will of KJ Jefferson, they were able to get this victory. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, Shane, because that, to me, was the difference in the ball game. One team had K.J. Jefferson and one team did yep. not. And when the plays needed to be made, 
KJ stepped up and made them. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the game ultimately was won on the final drive, 10 plays, 43 yards that ate up the rest of the clock. Let's not call Arkansas a championship team because, hell, they, they haven't obviously done that yet. But that's what right. winning championship teams do. They bleed the clock. They they take it away. Arkansas led the rushing battle 224 to 11. And when, and when you see stuff like that, you, you outrush a team by over 100. You should dominate. And there was times mm-hmm. it looked like they were. Trey Knox, multiple touchdowns. Jadon Hazelwood. God, he looks good, don't he? Jadon Hazelwood I, had a good one, too. Yeah. And even yeah. Uh, Matt Landers, I thought, lived up to the hype. So he, they've got the weapons. They like. I, I hate to keep repeating myself here, but they just got to be a little bit more consistent, put it all together. Yeah. And I think Arkansas can live up to all this hype we've been giving them. And again, we're gonna. I, it's the common theme. Week one, we're gonna have this, and and just thank God they didn't lose one because that could have derailed momentum. That could have changed the plan. I mean, Arkansas has got the world ahead of them. They they've still got some tough games, but you know you don't want to fumble right out of the gate. And they almost did that, and I'm glad they didn't. This is a team that has got some juggernauts, man. They they've got some dudes. Um, I, I love Knox. I love this Hazelwood kid. I thought that one touchdown, that little – it's just the chemistry they had. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And if they can keep working on that, uh, Arkansas is a dangerous, dangerous team. But I am worried a little bit about the injuries, you know, because it's not an extremely deep team. Right. So we got to, we gotta, you know, get some news back on that front. But all in all, like I said, ugly victory, we'll still take it. And transfers came up big, Shane. Dwight McLaughlin with the interception of the LSU transfer. Drew Sanders, of course, the starting linebacker from Alabama. Mm-hmm. He was all over the damn field. And maybe the biggest play of the game, Jordan Dominique, the defensive lineman, strip sack. That basically killed Cincinnati any hope they had at winning this ball game. And it led Sam Pittman to have him a cold one after the game. <laughs> uh, Sam, for all the conversation about you guys' schedule is hard enough, what is the impact of, of winning a game like this? on your team and program? Well, I mean, when Cincinnati was put on the schedule, I was saying, why, you know, to be honest with you. And I'm glad it's over and we're 1-0. So um, we are beat up, but that's the game of football. Uh, But we found a way to win, but it might – Tickled to death that we're one and zero and we beat Cincinnati. Yes, and that we I don't want to play them and I don't want to play them. We've already played them once. That's plenty, and um, we'll move on to South Carolina. But the schedule's the hardest schedule in football. You just gotta try to be one and zero, and then next week two and zero. You know it's so to get that one out of the way with a win was was a. Uh, Really nice, and the great thing I told the kids after the game, we, we, we have a lot, a lot to clean up, but we are one and zero, and and then now that's our I think our fifth top twenty-five team we've beaten in the last, you know, twenty, however many games we've been here, 13, 10, 24 games. Coach, I asked you what the host of this party was going to be serving up today. What's the drink of choice tonight? Well, you know I. I'm not promoting it, but I like some old cold beer. I think I'm going to have one. I'm not promoting it now. I mean, that was just the quote of the weekend, wasn't it? It was, man, because I was having one with him. (laughs) (laughs) Sweating bullets, you know. I got money on this game. (laughs) Now, another team, Shane, we've been hyped up. We've been excited to see South Carolina. 
wins 35 to 14. And it's, it's pretty yeah. wild because there for a minute you're feeling nervous. You're thinking, oh, my God, uh, all this hype, you know, they're, they're going to fall flat. Yet still they, by a wide margin, covered the spread here over a, a dangerous, dangerous mm-hmm. Georgia State team that, uh, of course, has been known to put a scare into the SEC teams. And, you know, I thought South Carolina obviously a little up and down. I thought, I thought Rattler was inconsistent. Some wow throws, yeah. but some, some misses. One touchdown, two interceptions. The biggest takeaway – Aside from outstanding special teams, of course, Shane, two block punts, return for touchdown. That's how you won the football game. Mm-hmm. Let's not uh, overlook the fact that uh, Mitch Jeter had two field goals of 50 yards. Special teams coordinator Pete Limbo, I mean, that's got to be assistant coach of the country right now. <laughs> but the biggest thing here with South Carolina, and this is remains a huge, huge red flag, Shane, going into SEC play, the offensive line. Bringing yeah. everybody back. This was supposed to be a strength. Only 79 rushing yards on Georgia State. Two and a half yards per rush. They allowed five sacks. And the lar- the longest rush of the day was 13 yards. And I thought even Marshawn Lloyd, you know, he I thought he had a great game considering no one, you know, there was no holes for him. Yeah. No, there was, I mean, that's, that's the thing. Well, special teams, let's get that out of the way. If it weren't for special teams, this may not have been a victory because right. uh, they, they, this is a place kick you, apparently, you know, they just <laughs> reload with 50 yard kickers. So uh, I, I will give them that, but I am a little disappointed because this is, you know, there was so much hype coming into week one. Uh, we, we've got our quarterback finally. The excuses can stop. And the stadium was loaded. The fans were there, and yeah. they just couldn't couldn't take advantage of that crowd noise and toward until the tail end of the uh, of the game. So, a little discouraging. But again, we're talking we're we're talking just minor mistakes. And and sometimes when you see a, a quarterback throw, like there was one that interception he threw, you're just like, woof. What was that about, you know? But who knows? Maybe that wide receiver is supposed to do a different route, you yeah. know? Maybe the, the, it could be a, a number of things and why we saw the interception. We don't know exactly what went into it, uh, but this coach does. And, and that's one thing. If if you're looking at any program that needs to bounce from week one to week two, it's got to be the Gamecocks. And, and one thing that I, I – when I look at a team like this, it's lack of physical contact in the offseason. You know, these guys that – I'm sure they try to keep Rattler vertical and, you know, don't touch him, you know, probably mm-hmm. keep the contact down to a minimum. But you see that – when you when you come into a first contact game or you see that with the defense you know missing tackles and doing you know stupid mistakes so that's kind of what i think happened there in south carolina and and they've they finally hit they're hitting now so mm-hmm. i i think i think they're going to be okay but you talk about a program again that needs to bounce back it's it's i mean they got to put some film study in they got to put some work in because there was a lot of blown assignments during this game yeah, South Carolina, 3 of 14 on third down. But here's a critical stat for that, Shane. Average distance to a first down was 9.8 yards. So that means basically well, – That's because they run them stupid-ass 
uh, halfback third, uh, wide receiver screens. It's like, I, I'm just I'm not sold on this coordinator, man. I, I mean, I try to give him benefit of the doubt because yeah. he didn't have any tools last year. But damn, I mean, there was a reason that it was third and long because that's exactly how their OC set this thing up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so they they have got to get that corrected going into a next couple games. Shade Arkansas, Georgia. So they, there's no time to get it adjusted. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, there isn't. I, this guy, he better get it, man, or he's he's got to get fired or something i ain't fired i put him on the hot seat well yeah i am that was terrible (laughs) terrible calling man Hmm. i gotta ask have you been part of a game where you blocked two punts for a touchdown but you need to ask him i want to be with him (laughs) um not without him um we probably did at times at virginia tech i can't remember i'll be honest with you ben um you know i've been a part of a game obviously where we blocked a punt for a touchdown i can't remember uh I can't remember in my career being a part where we blocked two, but it was, uh, you know, we, we spent a lot of time on that, on special teams, and, and not just that, but all phases. And uh, we worked the heck out of teaching our guys how to block punts, and and uh, uh, you saw us execute it tonight, and, and you know, that's got to continue to be a, a weapon for us. I felt, you know, it had been a point of emphasis for us. The, if we did some really good things on special teams last year, but I didn't think we were very good. We called it punt pressure because we always want to put pressure on the punter, whether it's a return or a block. Um, we didn't have a great punt pressure, punt return unit last year. If you look at it statistically, I felt like we left a lot of plays out there. So it's really been a point of emphasis. The return game, Josh had some. Yeah, you guys have talked a lot about that veteran offensive line. What? Do you think kind of the disconnect was for them tonight? I don't know if it was disconnect. I mean, it was, you know, gives Georgia State some credit, and, and we got to coach better. Um, it wasn't like we were doing anything new tonight that we didn't do last year. I mean, the same plays that went up and down the field on North Carolina last year were the same things we were calling tonight. We just got to – we got to uh, – you know, execute better. And, and, and again, like I've heard, you guys have heard me say before, it's not just the offensive line. I mean, I know there's one play we were in a bunch set and we ran the ball and Amari and Brown was in the bunch and he got beat inside. And that was a, a bad looking play. Uh, there were some times we had, we're not a big RPO team, but there were some times where, frankly, they had more guys in the box than we could block. And one of the runs to Marshawn early in the second half when he got hit for no gain, they got more people in there than we can block. Spencer's got to pull that ball and, and, and throw it. And uh, it didn't happen enough tonight. So it goes back to us as coaches just continuing to get it where our guys know what the answers are to, to things and, and uh, being able to run the ball more consistently. This podcast is brought to you by FUBU TV. FUBU TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football, NFL Red Zone, and games also available in 4K at no extra charge. Over 100 channels of live sports and entertainment for for just a fraction of the cost of cable TV. You can watch FUBU TV with all your devices. Never miss a game or your favorite show with this cloud-based DVR records up to 1,000 hours of entertainment for you. The best part, there's no contracts, no commitment, no minimum deal you got to sign up for, and you can cancel the service at any time. So help out the podcast. If you're looking for television service this football season, check out FUBU TV, and you can try it now for free for seven days and get 15% off your first month. Just go to FUBUTV.com and use that promo code SEC. That's F-U-B-O-T-V dot com slash S-E-C. You can find this information in the show notes.
All right, hey, speaking of getting heated, Shane, I don't know how you feel about this one, but Texas A&M beats Sam Houston 31-0. Just skip this one. Just skip this shit, Mike. <laughs> Either Mother Nature didn't want to watch this thing. You know what I'm saying? Here, here's what we talked about, not letting the team stick around, and you're going against Sam damn Houston, and it's, what, 10-0 to, 10 to 0 with five minutes left in the second quarter? Golly. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll be a little bit more positive than that, Shane. The defense okay. is outstanding. Eight three and outs on 13 possessions. It seems no drop off. Mike Elko gone to uh, Duke. Right. But again, it's Sam Houston. I get it. But man, Haynes King, I don't know. I Maybe he's, you know, maybe it's a little unfair. Maybe it's a little rust. He's still, yeah. hell, he's only started three games and really only played two of meaningful action the last two years. But he does have five interceptions in those two games, mm-hmm. and it's Kent State and Sam Houston he's playing here. So, right, they were basically boom or bust. It was a they had multiple sixty-yard touchdowns, which is outstanding. That's more than they had all last year. But here's the issue, Shane. We we were told this running game was going to be elite. This offensive line was going to be elite. One hundred and ten rushings yards on thirty-two carries, three point four yards per rush, and and most of that mm-hmm. came in the second half when Sam Houston started to wear down. So, <laughs> oh, man, I mean, again, let we can't overreact to one result. They got another cupcake next week, but this did not look like I'm a championship team. I, I am I am overreacting big time, Mike, because this, is, this can't happen. This is the year, man. I picked you guys to win an SEC championship. You can't come out here. And that's they talk about this big offensive line. Man, they spent more talk, time talking about that damn offensive line than actually the blocking that they're doing or lack thereof. Yeah. I, there's no reason that those big uglies could not push Sam Houston around and get Achain at least 200 yards rushing. That, that, that blows my mind that we were unable to do that. So, again – very young group, and, and just like any group, it takes a while to jail, and I understand that. And uh, thank God they're not playing somebody legit next week. But this is another team that that has got to get their got to get their face in the playbook. They got to get into film study and figure out what what happened this week. Because I know you're looking at the box score and you're saying, "Shame, man! They they won by thirty points." Well, yeah, but. This should have been a 35-point game by half, mm-hmm. and it wasn't. It was it was letting these guys kind of linger around and, and your quarterback running for his life against Sam Houston. So, I just – we got some improvement, and a lot of it has to do with the big uglies up front. Yeah, and to your point, Shane, at halftime, Texas A&M was rushing 1.9, 1.9 yard per carry at mm-hmm. halftime against Sam Houston. So, Jeez, again, boys. that, that – Sure as hell ain't going to cut it in the SEC. No, absolutely not. Uh, Jimbo, obviously, I understand you haven't seen film and everything like that, but uh, why, why do you suspect was the issue getting the uh, running game going? And Stunts you- up front. Was, I mean, the twist game up front. Multiple twists and stunts and looping. And they do a really nice scheme now, I'm going to tell you. They have a really nice scheme. We knew it going in. And we were over chasing the down guy and not playing on the loop. And it takes timing and got the rhythm the second half and, and got back into it. But just it's all just – we worked it, we just, and they did. We just got to be patient. It's tough. It can, it can be a pain. We got to do a much better job, though. That's my fault. We got to prepare them better. Are you concerned with what you saw from your offensive line? Well, yeah. In the first half, I, we didn't play well at all. Then I thought the second half, I thought we come out and did a nice job and established the ground game. We were able to run the football and did a better job. And we got to get better. There's no doubt. After such a long, long layoff with his injury, um, how, how did you think overall he adjusted to game speed again? Well, I mean, I thought he, the game speed. I thought he did a real nice job of. 
Uh, what did he end up? I didn't even look at his stat. 20, 31, 364, three touchdowns, and hit some big plays. I mean, that's a solid performance, and he can, he can play better than that. He can play better than that. And, uh, but I thought he threw the ball accurately downfield. I mean, those two things there. But when the plays he had downfield, hit guys in stride, made plays, and looking downfield, which is what I was happy about. And then sometimes we gotta, we'll check it down a little more and do those situations. But that's part of the growth. And I thought Max Kamen did a nice job with three for four. But, hey, what team you were dead on about, Shane, the Mississippi State Bulldogs, mm-hmm. 49, Memphis, 23. They also had a lightning delay, Shane, but – Mississippi State is what we said all offseason, the most experienced team in the SEC Mm -hmm. returning, and they look like it because a two-hour delay had no effect on Mississippi State. Will Rogers, Shane, over 450 passing yards, five touchdowns to five different receivers. Shane, Ra-Ra Thomas, Rufus Harvey, Jaden Wally, Caleb Mm -hmm. Ducking, who looks incredible, and Justin Robinson all caught touchdowns. Nine receivers had multiple catches. From Mississippi State. I think State. Mike Leach got one there, too. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I was harping on the offensive line. How would they look? Will Rogers, I don't even think he got touched in this ball game. He was clean yeah. all day. And the defense, Shane, the defense was just lights out, smothered Memphis. Most of Memphis' points came late in the ball yeah. game when it was already over. Mississippi State, 11 of 13 on third down, 10 plays of 15 or more through the air. Mississippi State's legit. Brother, they are. And and I think you – obviously, people want to talk about the stats and Will Rogers, but, damn, that defense. When you – they had Memphis, I think it was like 28 yards in the first half. You do that to any team, you're going to win every single game. Uh, Will Rogers threw some dimes. I think that was my favorite part. You know, because obviously he made a few mistakes. Uh, I mean, we could, we could critique him a little bit. I mean, he wasn't flawless during this game, but – but man, when he threw a couple of these dimes, it, it was like the, it was the perfect ball. Like it couldn't be in a better spot. We're talking inches on the window. So I, I, I'm telling you, if you're a Mississippi State fan, you're on cloud nine right now because your program looks good. And this is what we we talked about when you have all those starters come back. We didn't see the stupid mistakes like we saw from Memphis. Memphis was making penalties. They were, you know, they, they just they kept shooting themselves in the foot. You know, on the opposite side, Mississippi State wasn't doing that, and that's because these guys are used to playing together, and that that's that's a, a huge benefit right out of the season here, right at season one. Yeah, and I just think having all these different receivers, Shane, you just don't know who to focus on if you're a defense. They're, they're so varied. They can do so many things. And, mm-hmm. man, this, we, we didn't even mention Austin Williams or Tulu Griffin. You know, add, add them into the mix. And two outstanding running backs that both had big days in this ball game. Mississippi State is uh, – we already anticipated they were going to break some records. They may yep. shatter some records this season. <laughs> My wager of the week. 11 of 13 on third downs. You know how frustrating that is if you're opposing team? Get down the third down. I mean, how many times are you going to sing third down for what? You know, <laughs> about the eighth time, you're just going to stop, you know? <laughs> um, two-thirds of the game, I thought we played really well. Uh, and I was kind of impressed the way uh, with the way we played for an opener. A third of the game, I thought they got after us and they pounded on us. They beat us on offense. They beat us on defense. And... Uh, you know, and the biggest thing is, is we need to play a complete game. I was uh, proud of the way we uh, came out and played after the distractions of the rain delay. Um, more good than bad, but clearly we got plenty of work to do. 
Coach, I think you had a, a dozen different guys catch passes, and six or seven of them had 30 or more yards. You guys really had a good night, you know, catching the football. Just how would you evaluate your receiver play tonight? And I know there was, you know, several competitions and things going over count, but how would you evaluate how those guys uh, showed out in the first game? And I thought they competed. I thought they competed, and they did some good things. And I thought that, uh, you know, they took a step. We're a funny group of receivers from the standpoint we got some older guys, and then. Um, we've got, uh, you know, also um, some really young guys. And then um, and we don't really have that uh, kind of middle group, you know. And then, uh, you know, uh, in our, our, you know, our young guys, which you haven't seen much other than at practice, you know, we're all fast guys, and they're going to be really good in the future. But, uh, you know, we're bringing them along as uh, well as we can. But, yeah, some guys hadn't played a lot, and I thought – <clears throat> did some good stuff. I thought, you know, like Raw Raw hadn't played a lot. Uh, Rufus hadn't played a lot. Uh, Ducking hadn't played a lot. Uh, also, it was good to see Antonio get a big catch. And uh, and then uh, also uh, uh, Justin Robinson. So um, I think that, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was good to spread it out. It was good to try to get as many of these guys in stride. And then, of course, uh, you know they're competing for playing time, and uh, and uh, that kind of raised the stakes on things. So that was good. In the state of uh, Mississippi, Shane, Ole Miss. You know I thought they were very impressive. Twenty-eight to ten over Troy Jackson Dart got the start. It appears they're going to pull one of these uh, Michigans though, Shane. They're going to start Luke Altmyer next week <laughs> against Central Arkansas. So. I don't know what's up with that. I I hate this growing trend. Pick a quarterback and stick with them. But yeah. I, I guess it's that. You know, Ole Miss dominated the first half. Second half, the offense was not as good. But the the main takeaway for me, Shane, two things. The defense was outstanding for Ole Miss. Mm -hmm. They were just tenacious all over Troy. They, yeah. Tro Troy had no prayer in this game. And then the, mm -hmm. ru the running game, 266 yards on the ground, six yards of carry, three touchdowns. Zach Evans lived up to the hype over – he had 130 rushing yards. And then this guy, Judkins, I'm not even – you know, I, th I thought he was third or fourth on the on the depth chart here. He's a little bowling ball down there. He looks like the real deal after 87 rushing yards and a touchdown. Absolutely, no. They a lot of people got their hands on the ball back there, and <laughs> and and I think when you're looking at this Ole Miss, I took I don't know about you, Mike, but I took away more of a vanilla approach. Mm -hmm. I, I felt like uh, wait my camera's blurry either that or my beer's kicking in i can't tell which one's going on there but uh but mike it, it felt like more of a vanilla approach that they weren't going to show too much didn't need to um i i was i was very impressed with the defense um that's something you know the old miss would love to have had last year but uh, these guys were playing i mean swarming to the ball so i if they can improve keep that going and and I don't know, get some consistency up front with the offense. I, I think this is maybe I over, you know, or underestimated these guys. Yeah, Ole Miss could be a real problem. They, to me, they're one of the top five, six teams in the SEC right now. Yeah. Now, another team people very high on, Shane, Kentucky. You know, it was tight there for a little while, but they really destroyed Miami in the second half, 37-13 to 13 was the final. Miami came right out on the opening drive, Shane, and scored a touchdown. And you're sitting there saying, uh-oh. But Will Levis, man, aside from a red zone inter interception, he was sharp as hell. 21 of 32, yeah. 303 yards, three touchdowns. 
and that was considering very little push on the offensive line. Maybe a little bit of a red flag here, Shane, replacing three offensive linemen, the Kentucky Wildcats. Only 50 yards rushing on 26 carries. Again, 1.9 yards per rush and four sacks allowed against Miami of Ohio. They have got to get that cleaned up in a hurry with uh, the trip to Florida coming up. Yeah, they're, they're, I would say opposite of South Carolina, and I'm not comparing these two because they hate each other, but that offensive playing calling was absolutely gorgeous. I mean, it was like artwork out there. So it's it just the they they the things they were able to dial up. Will Levis didn't have his greatest game, but he still had a hell of a game. Yeah. Not to mention he was running for his life. The one thing, like you said, that they've got to improve on is that offensive line. This has been a staple of Stoops' offense for many many years, and they dropped the ball, man. There's no, re- I mean, this, Will was on his. I mean, how many sacks did they have? I mean, it it was just four that four was, sacks. I got him on. Yeah, and and there was a lot of times the pressures. I mean, that some it, it kind of forced some of those bad balls. So this offensive line has got to do some improvement over the week. But uh, all in all, though, I am very impressed with with especially the offense of the Kentucky Wildcats. If they can clean up front, man, they're, they're going to be a scary team to go against. And I don't know about you, Shane, but one of the things that annoys me more than anything else in football, true freshman Barry and Brown. I mean, he he lived up to the hype. He's maybe the fastest player on the team. He he had the big kickoff there in the second half that uh, really broke the game wide open and ended up uh, mm-hmm. you know being a, a difference maker in the ball game. But he dropped the balls. He's crossing the goal line. And it, they had to review <laughs> it, and it was nearly not a touchdown. I still don't understand why this is happening. He's a young player, so you know they'll coach that out of him. But, God, I cannot stand when they drop yeah. the ball crossing the goal line. Wait till you get to the back of the end zone. <laughs> Uh, how about this, though, Shane? Mark Stoops tied Bear Bryant for all-time wins at Kentucky with this win, so one away from sh- breaking Bear Bryant's mm. record. There's, there ain't many coaches that break Bear Bryant's record, so that gives you an indication how great Mark Stoops has been for Kentucky. Uh, and how about this? Not since the days of how mummy up there at Kentucky, Shane. Kentucky had zero rushing plays of 10 or more yards. But mm-hmm. eight passing plays of fifteen or more. So, you know, they're not going air raid on us. But it is just wild to see Kentucky not be a, a force on the ground, but more in the air. And the transfer receiver, Taven Robinson, six catches, one hundred and thirty-six yards. He has fit into this offense He's in. seamlessly. Yeah. And uh, you know that's going to be critical for Kentucky moving forward. Well, we were wondering, you know, who's going to be his, his check down? Who's going to be his baby that mm-hmm. he's going to feed? And, and damn, he lived the part. He was all over the place. They're going to find – they're going to create new ways over this weekend to get him the ball more often in space. He is electric. Uh, that's the kid from Virginia Tech, right? Yeah. Yeah, a hell of an athlete. Good job. Mark, in the ring game, anything movement-wise, anything y'all saw you maybe weren't expecting from Miami of Iowa? No, nothing that we weren't expecting. Um, you know, we – need to do a better job of handling movement and uh, being more physical and tougher, both in the run game and in the pass protection performance. Obvious with the pass protection, the four sacks allowed, or is that something you've got to look at film to figure out exactly what was going on? Well, we've got to be better. I mean, we we have a good idea of some of it, you know, in um, what was going on. You know, we have have a pretty good idea immediately in in who it is. And... um, so we'll, we'll, we will work hard to get it fixed. They will. 
um, it's a good unit, um, and uh, they have a lot of pride, and, and we'll get better. Tom Robinson surprised you at all tonight, or is that just what he's been since he stepped on campus? Tavion did not surprise me um, because I've seen it. In, in particular, I've seen his game elevate in scrimmages. Not that he doesn't practice hard or, or perform well in practice. There's just so many guys and so many moving pieces. You know, when we in scrimmages, he's really shown out. And, uh, you know, I was talking to Wandell before the game, and, uh, and I told him I felt like Tavion was going to have a, a really good day, you know, as well. And, and so, um, you know, sure enough, he made a big play right on the first play of the game. Kind of gets him going. But the nice thing about him is he's experienced. You know, he's a good football player. He's a good feel for it. He's, he's talented. He works hard. You know, so he's, he's really good addition. That was my question. Yeah, <laughs> two birds. Well, speaking of living up to the hype, Shane, Alabama 55, Utah State <laughs> 0 at goose egg in the and That's opener. the stat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much all you could say about this one. Alabama was locked in. I was giving Utah State too much credit for everything they had accomplished under this coach. Bryce Young, Shane, six total touchdowns, five through the air, 18 of 28, 195, but maybe more – Impressive, 100 rushing yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Seven different receivers with multiple catches. First nine drives resulted in points. Eight for eight in the red zone. How about this, Shane? Alabama averaged 9.9 yards on first down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this this is Alabama at, at its finest. They, they were locked in right away. They really were. And, and I don't know about you, man, but I bet there was a lot of Tide fans holding their breath when Bryce was running. <laughs> I mean, it's good to see, see him do it. And I think that's – you know, it's been – we've only had one player, like one, one individual win the Heisman two years in a row. And it's like some old cat born in the 50s. I can't remember. Arch, Archie, Archie Griffin. Griffin. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, yeah. And uh, I think we – I mean, we got a real shot seeing it again, brother, because – I mean, if he's able to continue doing, I mean, he's just—he's so cool, calm, collective. I've never seen it. It doesn't matter if the pocket is is just breaking down all around him. He's still going to find a guy, and if he doesn't, he just just gracefully hits the field, and starts running. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, this is a this is your number one pick right now, in my opinion. Mm. Well, we've given the Heisman to three players in this podcast, all from the <laughs> SEC. I love it. Uh, the last two games, you know, not a bunch of major takeaways, FCS opponents, but Auburn just uh, destroyed Mercer 42-16. to T.J. Finley threw a couple of picks, but, you know, he looked solid aside from that. Robbie Ashford, the backup quarterback, came in, and, and he man, he was electrifying, four of seven, 100 yards, big plays with his feet. And he was also, if you're not seeing the clip, go check it out, Shane, on one of Tank Bigsby's uh, big runs. Oh, Robbie beautiful. Ashford come out here and, yeah. and pancaking people. I mean, this guy's a, a ball of energy. Speaking of Tank, 147 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. And Jaquez Hunter, three rushing touchdowns. What a duo they are. Uh, we'll learn more about Auburn as the season goes on. But this is what you want to see, taking care of business. And I'll tell you what, man. There's a lot of quarterback controversies floating around the SEC, but none thicker than Auburn. I, this kid came out, and he looks legit. I don't know if he it, it just it, you know had a hell of a run. Nothing against Tank, because Tank threw some pretty balls. But, 
But I don't know, man. This 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 other kid, he he may be the real deal. So they got their hands full, but they got arguably two of the best running backs in the SEC. That that I know it's Mercer, and I don't want to overreact, but but those two, I ain't seen anything like that since Cadillac and Brown. You know, it's just mm-hmm. it's, it's a one two combo. Well, speaking of giving the Heisman away, Shane Mike Wright led Vanderbilt <laughs> two and zero. Oh. Hey, Vanderbilt, the end of week one, Vanderbilt's won as many games as they won all last year. So let's give them their due. 42 to 31 over Elon. Mike Wright, Shane, the first Vanderbilt quarterback in, in program history to score six touchdowns in a game. He was doing it through the air. Four mm-hmm. touchdowns, two rushing. He was just electrifying. And this is what we said we wanted to see. Keep Mike Wright in the pocket, let him air it out, and he got it done mm-hmm. in addition to some big plays. But the defense, Shane, gave up 495 yards right. to Elon. Vanderbilt was only 5 of 13 on third down, uh, and Elon kind of won the, the second half here, 21 to 14. You never want to have your SEC program basically showing that uh, Elon's got more depth than you had the second half, but that's kind of where we're at in this Vanderbilt rebuild. But the, but the, the story, the takeaway is not Elon's uh, production. It's, it's Mike Wright and this Vanderbilt offense. Give him some momentum going into a huge game against Wake Forest. Yeah. Well, week one, my camera's out, you know, so I guess we're all, we're all got some mistake things we need to work on, like having batteries prepared. So, uh, no, I will, I, Mike is, again, he's, he's the focal point of that offense is two weeks in a row. He's willed them to victories. Uh, but I am discouraged a little bit by that defensive front. You know, they, they let Hawaii kind of have a little bit there at the start of the game. And now here's Elon coming out with 152 rushing yards. Uh, they definitely are going to have to work on that because there, there's no gimmies. We, I mean, they got some tough – is it Wake Forest coming up, I believe? And yeah, then, uh, Wake Forest. Then yeah. they got some – yeah, SEC opponents. I mean, you're, you're going to have to tighten up real quick and find some competitive depth of that front or you guys are going to get – Mike can't do it all. They can't mm-hmm. put him at nose guard. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> all right, final, final thing here, Shane. The opening lines are out via Circus Sports. So I just want to run through a couple of these with you. San Jose State at Auburn. What do you think that line would be? Mm, I don't know anything about San Jose. So I'm going to say Auburn uh, favored by nine. 21 Auburn's favored by. Oh, shit. Okay. All right. No respect for San Jose. (laughs) Appalachian State at your Texas Texas A&M Aggies. Man, what a what a onside kick that was, huh? Did you see that one? <laughs> yeah. Them boys got laid out. So who who's App State playing here? Texas A and M and Appalachian State. They scored like forty points in the fourth quarter against North Carolina. So this, I'm not saying this is going to be a a ball game, right. but it could be a little bit of a test if if the Aggies don't improve, particularly on that offensive line. Yeah, if you're doing first half betting, I would say eight points for Aggies, but I'm going to say twenty four uh, as a team. A&M, 15-point favorite. How about that? Oh, okay. All right. I like that. All right. Missouri's going on the road, Shane, at Kansas State. Line for this one. People are kind of high on Kansas State. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go Mizzou minus one. Kansas State minus eight and a half. I like Missouri. Give me those points. on. Yeah, I do too. I like that too. All right. How about Wake Forest, Shane, at Vanderbilt? I'm gonna get. I'm. I still think they're gonna to lean toward Wake Forest here. Give mm-hmm. them uh, minus uh, six and a half. Oh, nailed it! Perfect. Yeah, Wake Forest favored by nice. six and a half. 
Your Mississippi State Bulldogs, Shane, going all the way to the West Coast. Well, not quite the quote coast, but almost at Arizona. <laughs> uh, man, Mississippi State minus 13. Minus seven. You got to jump on that, right? I mean, Arizona yeah, I won like, like one. one or two games last year. Bet that one up. Get it in, kids, because it's changing quick. All right, here's the big games of the weekend, Shane, in the SEC. Alabama on the road mm-hmm. at Texas. Uh, give me Alabama minus 13. I thought you were going to say 50. It's it's 18. Well, that's exactly – well, that's what's going to be. So get there's another one, free money. All right, Matthew McConaughey is going to be pissed. We got two conference games here: South Carolina at Arkansas. Oh, uh, oh man, give me Arkansas. No respect for Gamecocks. Arkansas minus thirteen. Arkansas minus eight. Okay, okay. Close and then an SEC East showdown: Shane Kentucky at Florida. Oh, this is going to be a hell of a matchup, Mike. Um, I think people are just eating Florida up right now. So, give me Gators minus three. Gators minus seven. Ooh. <laughs> That's juicy, isn't it? You hear that, Big Blue Nation? Huh? <laughs> where, where are you at? Where's this game at? In Gainesville. Oh, okay. All right. All right well, then. I don't care if it's in Steve Spurrier's backyard. That's that's going to be a hell of a matchup wherever it's at. <laughs> and I saved this one just for you, buddy. Tennessee at Pitt. Line for that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tennessee minus uh, Tennessee minus twelve. Minus five. Man, you got no respect. On, Pitt's baby. number like eighteen in the country, no, or something like I that. Don't. I, I I don't care. I don't. Pitt can be number one in the country. They're gonna get slaughtered by them Tennessee balls. Oh <laughs> uh, well, hey man, this was one hell of an opening weekend to SEC yes. action. We're about to watch LSU take the field. Hopefully, the SEC goes fourteen and zero this opening weekend. You got anything before we hop off the line? Uh, you hope they do, but you still picked Florida State, so let's not forget that. Uh, so, I know, I know, but I, <laughs> hey, I still root, I know, I root just, for LSU to get, to get the W. I'm messing with you, Mike. No, I'm, I'm ready to get off here and watch that game, uh, see what Brian Kelly and company are going to do down there in LSU. Uh, but, brother, <laughs> it has been a fantastic week weekend. I mean, we still got some more college football to watch. But uh, it's here, baby. It's on. It's on like – we got victories. Everybody started out of the gate just like they wanted. Yep. Uh, got to work on a few things, including myself, you know, getting this camera up and running. But, Mike, week two is in the is in the horizon. So, I'm ready I'm ready to see what uh, happens this week. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, brother. Well, I appreciate you. As always, I appreciate each and every one of you for checking us out. SEC football is finally here. It's the best time of the year. Mm-hmm. We'll catch you on the next one. I think I'm a little hungover, Mike. I, you know, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't Georgia, it was Shane. Uh, but anyway, I'll see you guys next tomorrow, whatever. Go balls. <laughs>